How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Today's podcast episode is all about product photography, using mock-ups to showcase your product, and brand photography, which means you getting in front of that camera. Yes, you. We're going to put you out in front of the world and let people see who is behind your wonderful business. Kelly from Speaking of Images is seriously my go-to person when it comes to photography in this business. She is an expert in all things teachers pay teachers, Uh, photos and branding photography. She both creates mock-ups for teacher sellers to use for their digital products. And she also creates background stock photography. She works with teachers one-on-one to do branding photography sessions. If you went to the Teachers Pay Teachers Conference last year, you may have met Kelly. She was doing branding photography sessions, mini sessions for teacher sellers there. So today she's giving us all the tips and tricks we need to DIY our photography at home and on a budget. Now, the audio in our episode isn't great. Kelly and I were having connection issues and sound issues, but the advice here is excellent. So rather than re-recording it and trying to make it perfect, we are going with it and still the advice is really wonderful. So I hope you'll give it a listen and give us a shout out after the episode and let us know how you liked it and what tips you learned from today. So enjoy today's episode with Kelly from Speaking of Images. All right, I want to welcome Kelly to the Teacher Hustle podcast. She is my go-to gal for everything photography, from brand photography to product photography. Any advice I need, I go to her. So Kelly, welcome. And can you start by telling us a little bit about your business, what you do, and how you came to this place? Sure. I'm happy to be here. Just wanted to say that first. Um, so I, my business is called Speaking of Images, and I came up with that name because I'm a speech pathologist and a photographer, so I was trying to come up with something that combined those two when I didn't really know what I wanted my niche to be. Um, and so now on TPT, um, so my, my business has both product and service. So from a product standpoint, on I have a TPT store, and I help uh, entrepreneurs to save time on their product photography with school-related mock-ups and styled images. That's my niche. Um, And I have tech mock-ups. I have PNGs of of kids' hands that you can overlay onto, uh, teachers can overlay them onto their resource photos to show their product in use. Um, I've just started adding Google Classroom headers 
and we'll be adding styled desktop images there. So that's the product end of my business. The service end of my business is I do personal branding photography sessions with teachers, and I am also starting to do some custom branded styled images. So that's where my business is now. Great. I love your mock-ups, first of all, but I also love your brand photography as well, seeing other teachers have their photo taken. Um, but I like that I can turn around and use those mock-ups with products that I have too, and that's really nice. We all know that that to have a great sales page, to take a great photo of a product, that that can really make a huge impact on the conversion of your sales that the look of what you're selling really does matter. But sometimes photo shoots take up a lot of time. I said, sometimes <laughs> they do. They always do. They take, they always. you got to print the, the stuff out. If it's a digital product, we've got to get it ready. We've got to have props. What are your tips for making this a priority in our business, whether we have a digital product or a physical product, but just making sure that we ha take the time to take great photos. Um, you're right. Photo sessions do take a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sugar. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I don't have a secret for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have a, a secret sauce that I'm hiding from anyone. With that. Darn. Um, darn. I know. I wish I could. Then we'll be done. So um, when you're setting up your photography, it is important. It's how people relate to you. And to be honest, a crisp and well lit, well edited image gives the buyer a feel for what your product is going to be like. And, you know, you might have a rock star resource that's so well done and so full of fabulous content. But if the person looks at the cover and says, I can't read what that says, or there's so much on there, I just can't even make it out. They're going to skip right back and never get, get to your content. And so that's pretty critical. Especially so, with so much other noise happening, especially for TPT sellers, there is a lot going on on that marketplace. So the one way you can really stand out is with great photography for sure. Yes, I have to agree. <laughs> um, so some tips for some product photography. I know that anyone who's done any kind of research into a photography knows, has heard this, but lighting really is everything. It's, I've heard it said that photography is painting with light and that really is what it is. That's how the camera works. And for me, I don't do a lot with artificial lighting. I have a ring light. I have various lighting um, options, but natural light is my best friend, um, especially this time of year, spring going into fall in the uh, North America, the lighting is good. We have lots of daylight time that we have to select from. And I know a lot of sellers will tell me, well, I can only shoot when my child's taking a nap. I can only shoot when, you know, at certain times of day based on their real right. life. Yeah. But this time of year, we have a lot of time to play around with the light. Mm -hmm. So um, you want to find that the good light. So one of the things, I have a friend of mine who recently, who's a TPT seller, and she told me, I don't have any good light in my house. It's, it's all bad. <laughs> so I literally had her walk around with her cell phone. I said, I want you to show me. Take me on a tour. Show me your front. Show me all, every window place you have. And we determined that for her, her best lighting option was on her front porch. And she would have never gone there, sure. but it's the soft lighting that we want. So you want to turn lights off in the rooms. You don't want to shoot with both window light and a lamp on because okay. you're competing with two different kinds of light. And that's a night meeting. 
you don't go ahead i was gonna just probably ask what you were about to answer but how do we know if the light is too much sometimes i think in my house in the morning the light is a little too much how do we know when the light is just right and soft enough I would say if you can put your, so what I would do, what I recommend for people to do is to take a white core board and walk around their house with it. That's really the amount of space you need. You don't need a bigger space than that board takes up. And I would place it, it, so if you go, let's say you have a sliding glass door in your living room and you put it right up against the door and it's super bright and you can hold your hand over it. It makes a really crisp shadow. That is too bright. So back that board up until if you can see a definitive line on your carpet or on the table that shows the sun shining and then it starts the shade, that's where you want to be is right inside that shade line. Okay. Whether that's on your front porch, whether that's in your garage with the garage door open and you take that, that board right up that line because the, the part of the cement that's getting that bright light is a natural reflector. It's reflecting onto your platform so to speak but it's not causing those sharp shadows and that's what you want to avoid excellent that's perfect Does that makes sense totally makes sense okay and i should put it out there that i am like square one worst photographer there is so my questions are going to be so basic but that's great to know i will be looking for the shade next time i go out to try to take a picture yeah well let's say that uh we want to do this photo shoot but we don't have fancy equipment. So we don't have a fancy camera or something, whatever else you know we need. How can we do this simply and on a budget? You don't really need, I mean, I have, I'm a professional photographer. I do photography of people. And so I have gear that I wouldn't expect um, others to be using for the type of product photography we're doing. Um, you can shoot things with a phone. I would recommend, so, one of the things I want people to think about is the background of their image. So if they're shooting a digital product that is a printed, you're printing it out on white paper or Astro Brights or whatever. Um, think about the background that you want to put it on. A lot of people want a white paper on a white background and a, it doesn't give a lot of visual interest and it's super hard to edit white on white for the really bright stuff that people want. So think about, do you, do you want it to look like it's on a kid's desk? Do you want it to look like it's on your teacher's desk? Do you want, and so if you want those things, then that's the background you want to shop for. So I go to, I, my, my two places that I shop at for backgrounds are Hobby Lobby and Home Depot. So Hobby Lobby has the foam core boards. Uh, Michael's probably has them too. I would get them in a couple of different colors. So I have them in probably eight different colors, but Get a dark color, like a dark blue or a neutral, like a gray, um, a light blue, and then a white. So you have an option there for just a solid different color. And then at Home Depot, I have purchased, um, I wanted a, a brand that looked like the table in my classroom. And so I went to the laminate section and they had these big old sheets of lam like thin laminate wood. The guys will cut them for you. And that's what I use for a background when I want a light wood. Um, several people I've heard use contact paper um, on a foam cord board, which is fine, but sometimes there's a sheen to it and you don't want to have that reflective surface. So I'd be careful about that. Um, Home Depot also in their tile section, like the uh, flooring section, I have purchased just four or five tiles 
and then I'll put those together so I can get them with a the wood grain and I can get them and it just gives more texture for me than the contact paper does. Great. But you want to think about that. Okay. Um, and then in terms of props, like people ask a lot of questions about what kind of props they should use. And it's my opinion that you should consider who are you selling to and what is the product about? So I always kind of get a chuckle sometimes when I see a picture for a digital, like an iPad, and then next to it is a pair of scissors with some crayons. And I'm like, why are there scissors <laughs> there next to They should to the not iPad. have scissors near the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting anything. Like, I don't understand. You know, that's kind of like, that's what other people are doing. So I'm going to slap that down. <laughs> right, right. Um, so if you want, uh, I have a closet of props because that's what I do for a living. But I would suggest that people um, have, like if they want office supplies, look for colored pencils, markers, crayons, try to look for things that don't have any branding on them. So the cheaper crayons don't have Crayola on them. They don't have, you know, the side of the pencil with the brand name on it. That's because I'm selling that product. So from a copyright standpoint, I can't have that. But if you're looking at an image, people's eyes naturally go to print. And you don't, you want them looking at your resource, not what does it say on the end of that crayon? Oh, what a so, good tip. I never thought of that. Yeah. So think about that. Um, paper, washi tape is really fun yeah. because you can get it in all different colors. It just adds some interest. Um, if you have brand colors that you want to incorporate, just start collecting things. You'll start seeing it once you start looking for it in office stores and things like that. You have the best props ever. You have like oh, the yeah. most fun. I want to know exactly where you shop. You have always the most unexpected props. And I just think it really grabs the eye because you're like, what is that? You know, you've got a little, a little uh, donut eraser or something like that, or an actual donut that you then eat after, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have been known to eat my props. Absolutely. <laughs> Jelly beans. Wow. Jelly bellies are great. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I do. I have a closet. I actually have two closets that one of which is filled with bins that are color coded because if somebody contacts me and says, these are my brand colors, I would like some desktop images. Then I pull out whatever color family their brand colors are and it takes me a lot less time to set up the shoot. Um, but I know like I've worked with a lot of secondary teachers and they are saying, you know, I, everything looks so juvenile and I don't want to use these things. So it's important for them to do the same thing. Like think about if you're a math teacher, secondary math teacher, I had a secondary math teacher contact me and say, I want some images with a graphing calculator. So I'm like, okay. So I called my friend who has a middle school kid and said, you have a graphing calculator? I got it from her. Um, but it's important for the students to feel like this is for me and not again, like juvenile. Um, and so for the high school teachers, I use a lot more uh, tech things in the background. I'll use notebooks. I'll use uh, mecha uh, uh, mechanical pencils, yep. um, protractors, compass, whatever the math, sure. just the tools that your students are going to use. That resource is something I would have or something that relates. If it's a, a resource about geography, then stick a map, get a map, get a get mini globe eraser. So that's just something that ties in to what the content is and what your students actually use and can relate to. I think you're right that once you start looking when you're uh, when you're shopping and you're out or you're online and you're looking once you have that in mind that you want some props for your photos you'll start to notice those those things that are really going to resonate with your particular audience as a prop um 
for your photo sessions and then you can start your collection and maybe work up a closet like you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. My friends always tease me because whenever we go to a little town that has fun little shops and stuff, you know, and they're all looking for clothes or shoes and I come up with the most obscure items and they're like, why are you buying that? And I said, well, look, it's flat and I can, it's this copper color and it's going to go really well with this color. And they're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but that's how you build it up. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Do you think we need to stick in product photography? Do we need to stick to our brand colors? I don't think you need to. Like some people kind of, you don't want to go overboard with it because then if you ever want to change your brand colors, you have a lot of stuff that is all bright pink and turquoise or whatever. Um, But I think you can have pops of those colors in your um, props and that's an easy way to change them out later. Or you can use the graphics in your frames around your pictures when you're using PowerPoint or whatever program somebody uses in for their covers to add some of that brand colors in. But I wouldn't be completely worried about it all being branded. Okay, great. So let's say that we're um, super lazy and we don't want to. (laughs) Attempt the photo shoot, or maybe we I know for a lot of us, really truly, the printing printing of the resources and showing them, you know, in a photo shoot is tough. So talk to us about mock-ups because that's a really great solution where you still have a great photo, but you didn't have to print anything out. How do mock-ups work? I'd be happy to talk to you about mock-ups. Dang. And before we end, can you remind me? I want to go back to I I'd made a little list of some tips for taking pictures with a cell phone. I want to make sure we cover those. Yeah. Um, you want to go over them now? Go ahead. Okay. Let's. Okay. One of the first things you want to do, do when you use your cell phone, and this sounds ridiculous, but wipe off the lens. Oh. Use your t-shirt, use a glasses cloth, use something, but you think about it and your kids are holding your phone. It's in your purse. It's all over. The lens is dirty. So the yeah. first thing you want to do is wipe that off Okay. because it will make a difference. Um, if you are shooting from a standing position, um, you want stability. So you want to be able, when you're holding your cell phone, hold your elbows tight against your body so that your, your body is acting like your tripod. Um, and then you're just using your hands. So bend from the waist if you're shooting over something. But if you have your hands way out, it just causes a lot of instability in your camera, in in your phone. So it's hard to hold it flat. Sometimes it doesn't get a clear shot. When you can, that's a good way uh, professional photographers do that with a DSLR heavy camera, is that if I'm shooting, I will hold my elbows in tight against my body, and it stabilizes that. position. How smart. I never thought of that. And I was definitely falling over my photo session, trying to stick my <laughs> arm out to get that over the, over the overhead look. Yes. I've got it. Perfect. There we go. Um, also, if you are shooting, let's say you have your, your board or your background or whatever it is on a table that's near a window, you don't want to get between the window and the product because your body is making a shadow. And I will sometimes shoot if I have a, a couple of foam core boards that I have taped together, like in an L shape to bounce light back in, I shoot over those and the product might be upside down because I can flip it over in editing, but don't worry about getting your body in a perfect position. If you're going to be blocking the light, cause then you're causing your own shadows. So Got just it. pay attention when you're looking before you shoot, are there any shadows on here that I'm causing? Cause I do that all the time. And then I'm like, Oh, that's my arm. 
you know? Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then you edit shadows out if you do happen to notice after you took a great photo, but there's a shadow in there. Is there mm-hmm. a way to get rid of it? Well, I edit in Lightroom, and so there is an option for shadows, but it would depend on how where it is and how uh, dark it is. So, so one of the other things in the first place you want to try to. Yeah. Um, and another way you can do that is the last tip that I had was when you're set up for a shot, take a lot of pictures. Right. So change your angle, shoot from above, shoot from close up, shoot portrait, turn your camera to landscape, shoot far, um, like close in far up so that when you want to go edit later, you have a lot of options. And you won't have that shadow in every single one of them moving around. Right. Um, And then also some people will ask me about using the zoom feature on the camera on your phone. Yes. And it's better to zoom with your feet than to (laughs) zoom with that camera because you lose resolution every time you go up in like two times, three times, four times. It's a digital zoom and you're losing motion in your photo. So it's just better for you if you can to move your body closer. <laughs> right. We can count it as exercise. It's fine. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take I like anything the, I can count as exercise. Yeah. I like the idea of uh, taking different angles too, because of, we've been talking a lot about fresh pins and Pinterest is really asking their content creators. That's us to yes. um, keep that visual search engine fresh and looking different and visually appealing for the people who are visiting that platform of Pinterest. So taking the photo from a lot of different angles also gives us a lot of perspectives and angles that we can use to create different pins. And that's really what Pinterest is looking for. So I like that idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you- and the reality is for any photographer, you see these great shots on Pinterest and you're like, oh my gosh, how'd they get that? The odds are that there were 25 pictures of that same thing that got lost. That's what I was just going to (laughs) ask. How many pictures do you take of a product? Do you just keep going until you feel like you've gotten what you needed or when I do? Yeah, I do. Well, I take, because sometimes I don't know what I needed until I'm in editing, but by then I take down my setup. Right. So I just recently did a photo shoot for actually one of our THU members of a full product that she mailed, like that is a box uh, product. And I probably shot, I don't know, I'd I'd have to estimate 200 images. And I gave her, I think about 35. Um, Just because I wanted lots of options for when I went to edit that I can edit this one square. I can edit this one um, landscape so that she can, use it in a blog. I can edit in portraits so she can in stories. So, you know, you want to have a lot of, of options. I uh, am so excited to see those pictures, by the way. So you're talking about <laughs> a teacher hustle, you crew member who has a physical product, a, a subscription box. And we were on a coaching call and I said, you've got to get in touch with Kelly because you've got to work on your images here on your sales page to really show off what's in there. So I can't wait to see how that comes out. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes my brand photographer that I work with here locally will do kind of uh, shots of my printed out booklets and things for teacher hustle university. And she does kind of stock photos that feature the workbook that we have for THU. And it's the same thing. She sends me all the raw pictures and she'll take 50, you know, 50 plus pictures of the same setup. And then uh, you end up getting a fraction of that, that you really love. And you're right that you have to take that money to find exactly what you need. 
Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, let's go to mock-ups. Let's go okay. to the lazy yes. route. So if we don't want to do all of that, we don't want to take them into photos. Tell us the, the mock-up way. Well, first of all, I have to say, I don't necessarily think it's because you're lazy. Okay. Think, you know, a lot of times people either just don't have the lighting. Like you said, you don't yeah. have a printer to print out all of those different things. You don't have the variety of props, whatever. Right. Um, so mock-ups are a great way to be able to showcase your product on a photo that you already know has been professionally done. So the background, you know, the lighting is done, the editing is done. You want to look for images for physical products um, that you're printing out. Like if you're going to do a P, uh, excuse me, a PDF or a JPEG of your, of your product that you're going to want to drop in. Right. Yeah. When can, you're looking, can you just explain before we get into the details, can we just back up and explain what a mock-up is? Because I wonder if some of the listeners don't know what we're saying when we say mock-up. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, so a mock-up in the sense that if you think of architecture, a mock-up is the buildings that they make with the cute little people that are in there. And that that's a mock-up of a building on a big, I used to want to be an architect just because I wanted to build those. But then I realized all the math that was involved. And so that went out the window. <laughs> um, but in the sense that we use them, a mock-up is an image that shows what your resource will look like basically in use. So for example, if I'm shooting mock-ups of iPads or cell phones, the teacher who is, has a product will then put that uh, digital resource, the digital product onto the screen of the, mock, of the iPad. So it looks to the viewer like, oh, this is what it's going to look like when my kid is using this, this right. boom All card or this computer. whatever. Nothing. All done on the computer. Yep. And um, if it's for a printed product, so like recently I had a teacher ask me for images because she sells um, task cards. Yeah. And she wanted something that was evergreen. So it wasn't themed for a holiday or season or whatever. So I recently did a shoot of those four by six photo boxes that so many people used to store their, their cards in. And then I just put a blank white card in all the boxes that I was shooting on the cover, on the, on the inside. And then that seller can take her resource and drop it right onto that white card. And it looks like her cards are in those boxes that she didn't have to set up that photo shoot. So that's what a mock-up does. It provides a space, either an open space on a desktop image that you can put your product right in that open space. Or sometimes they will actually uh, shoot the image with a white eight and a half by 11 piece of paper in there that just says, go ahead and drop it on top. Right. So how do we find these mock-ups online? They sell, I sell them on TPT. Um, you can find them. Uh, other people sell them on TPT also. Um, so that's a good place to start right. because they're usually already styled for school type uh, images. Yes. Um, there are other photo sites out there that sell mock-ups. Creative Market is one that um, sells a lot of uh, mock-ups that you can use. But you're right that they may not be as tailored to what we need for a background as finding them on TPT. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's what we're catered towards, our teachers. No, I don't use Photoshop. I just use, you know, Canva. So when I put, um, when I put together my mock-up, sometimes when I do it, because I am not very good with the design, it doesn't <laughs> always look so natural. Do you have tips for making it look like it actually fits on that background? Well, one of the things, uh, yeah, I can tell you a couple of things that I would recommend. 
And um, you want to pay attention to the um, how bright the image is that you are choosing as your mock-up background. Because if you're just putting a PNG of a white piece of paper from your you know, computer, it's super white, like it's really bright. And that can make something look really fake. So I would play with the, you can play with the opacity of the image that you're dropping on okay. to try to make it match the tone of the mockup that you chose. That will help. Great. Another thing that you want to pay attention is sizing. So if you have an eight and a half by 11 uh, product that you've shrunk down to the size because you want to put five of them on that mockup, but in that mock-up, there's a picture of a tape dispenser that looks like it's from the land of the giants. It starts to look really funny. That is so <laughs> something I yeah. So pay attention to that. <laughs> and don't try to put so many things on there or be picky yeah. about the mock-ups that you're looking for. Like if you're trying to show an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, you're going to need something with a lot of open space so that it doesn't look like land of the giants. And don't try to put 17 pieces of paper on that um, mock-up because then it really is hard yeah, to read. Hard. I, I no, I feel like we try to, we do that because we want people to see everything that is inside of our resource. But sometimes that makes it harder to get an idea of what's truly there. Exactly. Like I know for myself, I'm not a big shopper, but if I walk into a store and they have a, the, the window design is clean and, um, not a gazillion things in there, I'm much more likely to go into that store than something that has so much stuff in it that I'm just overwhelmed before I even go in. Oh, and, so <laughs> such a yeah. good analogy. We just yeah. need them to come in the store. We don't need them to know everything that's inside. Just to exactly. To want to see more. Yeah. Yes. Good analogy. Yes. I love that one. <laughs> All right, so product photography and mock-ups, that's pretty easy to talk about, but let's talk about the type of photography that we hate talking about, which is taking <laughs> pictures of ourselves. You also said that as a service, you do brand photography, and so that's the type of photography we might use for social media content to post pictures of ourselves, our families, our classrooms. We know it's important, especially now in 2020 when we're trying to break through some of the noise online. We know mm -hmm. it's important that people see who is behind the business, who is running this business, and they really want to see our face. So give us some tips for making a genuine connection through brand photography and getting our faces front and center in the photo. What tips do you have for brand <laughs> photography? Well, I, I love the fact that you make it sound so painful <laughs> because it's right. everybody. I've never met anyone. It, I mean, I think last year I did something like 65 sessions with TPT sellers and not one of them started out with, I love having my picture taken and this isn't awkward at all. <laughs> because it's it so be, awkward. It doesn't have to be. Right? Yeah. Um, it is so important because especially in our line of business in selling to teachers, we are people, people, and we support each other big time, but they want to know the real person. Like they don't want to buy from a business. They want to buy from a person. Yeah. And for you to build what you speak of often is that whole no like trust factor. They got to get to know you. And um, that's how we do it in this online world that we have. Um, and so I would say that now I am a branding photographer, so I'm a little biased. 
in terms of if it is at all possible to save up even one year to do that, it's an investment in your business. And I mean, you are a perfect example of this, of how many different uses you can get out of one photo session. Yes. Um, you know, that it's, it's huge. So we're going to talk a little about, about that if you're with a photographer and we'll talk about if you're doing it yourself, because you should be able to, to supplement your images, images that you take yourself. That's realistic. It's right. a good use of your time and your money. Um, one of the things when I'm going to be working with somebody in brand photography, I ask, I send out a questionnaire. So I ask them a lot of different questions, but one of the things that I ask them to do is to go through Instagram and just start making an album that is just that you like that, that you see of other either bloggers or teacher sellers or something that just kind of draws your attention to. And you're like, I kind of like to know, I'd like to get to know that person and start making an album because then it starts to give you a feel of what are you drawn to. If I ask a person to describe their business, it's often very difficult for them to be like, I can't describe my business in three words. I don't know. But when they put that album together, I can start to see it very, very clearly of like, okay, this is a person who likes a lot of bright colors, who's really extroverted, who's, you know, really fun. Then that her photo shoot is going to be very different from somebody who is uh, very earth tony and you know likes nature and that's the kind of images that I'm drawn that they're drawn to. So it just helps to start, especially right now when we're all sitting at home, spend some time just kind of making it album so you can start to get a feel for what you like. Um, and then if um, you're going to work with a branding photographer, you can find them pretty much across the country. It's a big niche area now in photography that uh, you can search for on Instagram with like hashtag your city's name with the closest biggest, biggest city to you brand photography type of thing to start seeing what do they charge and um, what some of their work look like. But so that's what you could do in a work with an actual photographer. I think if, that one part for me, when I first looked at a branding photographer, I knew it was going to be worthwhile because I knew it would give me a ton of content to work with for social media and things like that. Uh, the cost, the way I justified it was we were already paying for family photos a couple of times a year, a year, you know, the staged Christmas photos, we would always mm -hmm. do a photo, we would sometimes do a spring. And I hated those. I hated getting ready for them. I hated getting the kids ready and dragging them there. And then feeling like afterward, did we even get one where everybody was <laughs> So when I looked at the branding photography and I knew she was going to do, let my kids be in the photos, but it was going to be more lifestyle and like at our house versus at the staged location. That's how I justified it to myself and to my husband, uh, that it was a worthwhile investment. I said, we can forego the family, the staged family photos a couple times a year in exchange for meeting with her to do more lifestyle. It is the best investment I've ever made. Those photos she's taken of us in the kitchen cooking by the Christmas tree in our own living room, way, way better than in front of someone else's Christmas tree, you know, in our dressed up clothes that we never <laughs> wear. And these I'll treasure forever. So if you've been considering it, but you're worried about the cost, really it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And if it's Family photography that I have done previously it's, as that business was documentary style. So it's very much what you described. I didn't pose anybody. I mostly worked with 
families that had kids with special needs. And I wasn't going to be posing a three-year-old. Those are the kids I went to school. And I know very well that I'm not going to be posing them. Um, so that's a very good way of looking at it. it. And and also, I think that a lot of times people just think, well, I just need a headshot or X, Y, Z. But the images that that you can get through a branding session, like you said, you can use social media you can use for business opportunities. You can be a featured blogger, you can be a presenter, you can be on a podcast and then they ask you, okay, send me an image so that I can show. And you're going to be like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I need to have one of those. Right. right. <laughs> right. And often not with a lot of leads. I was asked for one. It was like the, the cobbler who had no shoes. He was like, rot, rot. Like I need a picture of myself <laughs> doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up doing the selfie with one of my professional cameras, but it was awkward. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's important. We... Go ahead. One of the things I was going to say is that if you're going, while you're making your album of things that you like, also start brainstorming of how you might be able to use those images. So knowing yeah. you could use them for everything from your Instagram feed to stories, to blog posts, email marketing, Facebook, um, like I said, if you're asked to be a speaker somewhere, they're going to want a picture of you for the brochure. And they usually want that months ahead of when the actual event is. Right. So those are the kinds of things that your photographer needs to know. So when I do a shoot with somebody, I ask them all of those questions. Because if they do a lot of stories, I need to shoot uh, in a portrait orientation, narrow. I need to get back far enough that I know that I'm going to be able to talk for that for that purpose if they do it for Instagram and they do a lot of square so it just helps the photographer from that end know what types of images not just what am I shooting of this person but how do I need to format this before I take the pictures right does that make sense totally okay. and I okay. like I've, I'm learning as I go with my brand photographer and as we get to know one another now she'll say what well, you know what have you got coming up this month and what are we working on and I'll be able I'm able to tell her in the beginning I was a little like I don't know what do you think <laughs> Whatever you say, you just tell me. The other thing that I always have to ask her about is, or in the beginning, I, I didn't know as well, is clothing. I didn't realize I needed to bring so many outfits, but it's <laughs> but you get more out of it if you're able to change your outfits during a shoot. Do we need to be wearing outfits that are matchy-matchy to our brand, or how do we kind of work that out? I feel this way about that as I do about the matchy matchy in front of somebody else's Christmas tree. Yeah, <laughs> I would right. say no. Overdone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I tell people to wear clothes you're comfortable in. Like, don't become in some fancy dress if you don't wear fancy dresses. Yep. Nothing against fancy dresses. Right. Um, I ask them to bring a lot of options. If it's a woman, and I, you know, if you wear fun jewelry, bring some fun jewelry. If you bring. Um, I ask them to wear comfortable clothes, generally solids, and then you can layer with something that has some pattern. Um, you don't, there are certain colors that I would recommend staying away from, including the really bright uh, oranges and yellows skin tone wise. Those are just really hard to edit without your skin tone looking kind of bright orange and bright green. Okay. Um, I will usually tell if, if you're a kind of person that sometimes you wear your down and then sometimes you have it in a messy bun, I will say show up to the, to the session with your hair down. And if you curl it, whatever, and then we're going to throw it in a messy bun and we're going to throw a baseball cap on and we're going to do that right. so that you have lots of those images. So like you say, you want to have several different options. When I did uh, photo shoots at the conference, the TPT conference last year in Austin, 
I asked the teachers to bring at least two different options for tops, something that was like a short sleeve. So if they have a water bracelet, so we can do some close-ups of their hands working and then something they can lay over, over it as a sweater. So that as fall was coming. They still use those images into the fall yeah. and it didn't just look like so summery. So yeah. yes, you definitely want to have a lot of different options. I love the advice of wearing what you would normally wear. I think I learned that the hard way too. I tried I actually am not a dress person at all. And I did try a couple of times to wear a dress and I won't even post those pictures because I just don't feel like me. They're so cute, but it's like, that's me. I wear in a t-shirt. So what am I doing in a dress? Um, I definitely learned now. I don't even bring the dress. I'm like, forget it. I'll just bring my jeans and t-shirt because what? Yeah. I'm trying to do anything different. It's about showcasing you and your brand and your personality so they can get to know the true you. And I think I love your advice about like gathering shots that you feel drawn to, but don't pigeonhole yourself to be exactly the same as those photos because that's where you can go down a rabbit hole of like, maybe I should buy that outfit and wear that outfit. But it's, if it's not something you would normally wear, then it, it's going to show and you're going to feel uncomfortable and awkward anyway. Yes, I will say that often when, when families or, or, or uh, branding, I do a lot of for small businesses around my town too, like I'll do their branding images and when they'll send me something from Pinterest and say, we want this. And I'm like, well, that isn't our town. So right. I can't really, we don't have graffiti on a wall in this little town. So, <laughs> you know, I am not going to go tag a wall for your picture. So, yeah, you know, just more to get a style of what you're interested in, but not like you say to duplicate any kind of image. Exactly, embrace what what really does make up your brand, and and same about your town. Embrace what your town is all. Yes, about. exactly. A little bit different, exactly. and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, what if we're not? What if we don't have a brand photographer, and but we want to still have these photos? Is it possible to DIY it? It is possible to DIY it and to, to do, you know, some of each. So yeah, we want to go beyond what I always say, if you're going to do, do it yourself, you got to go on your arm's reach. So we got to let go of the selfie where you're actually holding the camera. Yeah. Because it's not a good look for most people. No. <laughs> and <it's, laughs> it just really isn't. I'm glad you said and that. There's, it's not just yeah. <laughs> there's so many ways you can do this. So two of things I would recommend, like that I have, I do the same thing for myself. So one of the pieces of equipment that I have is one of those um, car phone mounts that people use in the car, but that, that suction onto the windshield, something that can suck onto a window, suction onto a window, because you can use that in your home to stick it onto a window so that, again, just like when we were doing the product photography and that's the best lighting, you can angle it high, you can angle it low, you can angle it however you want, but you can put that on the window. And then you're benefiting from that window light, which is the most flattering light that you can have. Okay. Uh, you want to make sure of what's behind you. So pay attention to your background if you're DIYing it. Um, the, one of the things that I have that I can't show you, well, I could, this is a uh, podcast, so that's not going to help, is a cell phone, hold, cell phone holder that has a goosenecks, gooseneck flexible arm and then you can clip it on to anything yes um and i use one of those if sometimes if i want to do those vertical shoots or like a, a video of my hands doing something because i can clamp it on a table i can clamp it on a stand-up lamp and pose the thing to the position that i want it and the reason that i like using that is that you can get a variety of shots we don't just want a headshot 
So when you're doing your branding pictures, you want to have some background showing. So I have taken that phone holder that functions to a window to a local uh, park and I've gone into the parking lot when nobody else is there and I stuck into the outside of my car window so that I have big old trees behind me. And then I will do, sometimes I'll put my iPhone on video mode and I'll walk around and I'll feel realist, but I'm there by myself. And then you can pull a individual image from a video. So that's also a fun way to do that at home. If you're playing with your kids, get them involved. If you have your dog and you just want some natural shots at home, you can shoot video and then scroll through it at the bottom of your phone and pull an image out of that. Does so that make sense? Smart. I love that. Rather than sitting there with the timer and trying to take a hundred <laughs> photos. I love that idea. And then yeah, it's so much more natural. That's really what the brand, what my brand photographer does is tries to get me kind of doing things or natural in motion, actually exactly. doing the thing that I'm taking a photo of. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've gone to like my local, uh, like I have a, a city park right down the street from me. That's I live in uh, Western Washington. So it's very wooded and it, it gives the impression that you're out at some campground. Right. I have gone, I've gone before where I've taken my tennis shoe and stuck it on the picnic table and stuck my phone inside my tennis shoe. So that's like holding the phone up. And then I will walk for the back. And then I made a post, but I took a walk through the park today. I mean, nobody knows that it's on it, that I'm walking with no one, only one shoe on because the other one's on the table. But you know, thinking of creative ways that you can prop your phone up. Um, I've taken an Amazon box where I just cut a slit in it and stuck my phone in that little slit. And then you can put that box wherever you want. So you don't need to have a tripod. You don't need to have all these things, but you need to let go of the arm length um, images right. and um, try to try to be a little bit more creative, but to step back, get some background in, get your dog in. Um, yeah. You can do that in the kitchen. If you want to shoot yourself making uh, a dinner or something, just make up a way to hold your camera and then you can shoot there. Great. Thank you so much for all of these tips from You're so welcome. photography to mock-ups to brand photography. I feel like we've gotten a lot of great information here about how to really make our images stand out. And you have so much value to provide. Can you tell the listeners how they can connect with you and where they can find you after this podcast? Sure. I am uh, on Instagram as speaking of images. And every Friday, I do a free photo Friday um, in my stories on Instagram. And that is two free images that you can screenshot and use however you want in your social media. I love and picture Fridays. <laughs> free photo Fridays are fun. Yes. Um, my, it's, let's see, my email is speakingofimages at gmail.com. And I'm going to fill, there are a couple of uh, opt-ins that will have some of these tips that we've talked about too, that I can post um, that will have some tips on props and how to collect props for your photos. And then also on how to do your personal brand photography images. Great. And they can and I meant, you on teachers pay teachers as well to grab some of those mock-ups. Absolutely. I'm speaking of images at uh, TPT. And if you ever have any specific requests that you would like, send them, DM me, I get all kinds of really fun suggestions from people. And then that's how the science pictures showed up in there. I had a science teacher say, I can't find anything. I'm like, all right. So Let's do this. hit all me right. up and I'll, I'll be happy to help you out. 
That's great. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being here and for sharing all of your tips with us. We look forward to talking to you again. I think we should schedule a follow-up on after I go do my photo shoot, I'm going to have 20,000 more questions. So we'll definitely be talking to you again soon. Thank you for being here. That's great. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get the latest episodes. If you have a question for me about marketing, mindset, momming, or even life in general, really anything along the lines of anything that I talk about, you can send me a voice recording over at alyssamcdonald.com slash askalyssa. That's A-L-I-S-S-A. No, I could never get those personalized pencils when I was in elementary school because I spelled my name with an I. Anyway, if you have a question and you send me a voice recording, who knows, your question might be featured on the next podcast. I can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you back here next week.